Today is July 9th, and the Yanks' bleeding blue is back. It's been a while, but the Yanks won every single series since our last Yankees episode. And that's tough to believe. Since the Sox keep winning, Sonny Gray keeps losing. We're here to talk all about it. The Evil Empire took two out of three games against the Phillies, the Red Sox, the Braves, and the Blue Jays. But if you were talking to the average Yankee fan, you would think that the sky is falling. So without further ado, let's bleed blue. So welcome back. Yes, Yankees, bleeding blue. It's here. It's now. It's happening. And the Yankees are winning. It's not as it's not like that fun, but it's still really fun. We're spoiled Yankee fans. What can we say? And now we have to acknowledge that we're spoiled Yankee fans. Since I'll introduce our guest first, we have a guest on today's episode. There's not one, there's not two, there's not three hosts, there's four hosts this episode. And one of Renato's great friends, Brett, with two T's. Well, a decent friend. You know, I'd say I'm decent. So, so Brett, with two T's, not one T, two. That's the correct spelling. It's George Brett. See, that's how he spelled it, obviously. Uh, so, Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, the Phillies are playing great. I'm a Phillies guy. Just introducing myself here. You can boo, whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely interested in a, in a great team like the Yankees, so definitely look forward to talking about them. All right, all right. Renato. On this great Sunday, or Monday, whenever you're listening to this, how are you? Doing quite swell. Like, I'm ready to talk about our good boy, Sonny Gray. But I'm going to hold this for a little bit later. Talk about Sonny Gray. We're going to have a lot of positive moments before we get to the negative ones. Of course, of course, absolutely. There's a lot, a lot of positive moments to talk about. My list would be nice for you guys to, to listen to. So, All right. And... Last but not least, certainly not least, our great friend, Michael Bokra. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Justin. I'm doing great. Had a great weekend with the squad, and uh, <laughs> I'm here to record the podcast, so it's great. And I got a great cupcake in front of me, so I want to eat that. Well, I'm not letting Michael Bokra eat that cupcake because... <laughs> no chewing. Because he's going to be chewing. This microphone is a very good microphone, and he's going to be chewing, and all of you are going to hear is loud mouth chewing this Oreo cupcake. So, Michael Boker, I actually have a question for you. Um, you could be totally honest right now because our best friend Antonio does not listen to this podcast. So, Michael Boker went to Ryder University today to get a tour from one of our good friends who goes to Ryder University. Now, I go to St. Joseph's University myself in Philadelphia. Michael Boker has been to both schools now since Antonio does not listen to this podcast. I, I, I know that for a fact. You can be totally honest and transparent in this answer. Michael Boker, if there's any of our listeners out there who's wondering, should I go to Ryder? Should I go to St. Joe's? Those two specific schools. What school, as of right now, do you like better? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's like a toss-up because I feel like Ryder is more like newer, which I like. And I feel like St. Joe's has like a little bit of like a weirder like look to it. Older, but it ha it's bigger. 
and I feel like there's more stuff to do at St. Joe's than Ryder. But then again, I didn't get the full grand tour like I got at Ryder at St. Joe's. So uh, I don't know yet. It's still a toss-up. That was boring. That was well, boring. I definitely say there's a higher basketball upside at St. Joe's. There you go. There you go. So the higher, higher basketball upside, and then also possibly maybe a higher uh, women upside at St. Joe's too. <laughs> oh wow! So we're already going there. Okay. <laughs> I go, I go. You know, you know when people say I go where the money goes. Well, I go where the ladies go. So there you go. It's... Okay, womanizer here. All right. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Something new. Nothing wrong with that. I love that. Thank you, Michael Boker. All right. So first, 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 what we are going to do first. This was just brought to our attention just a couple minutes ago. But the All-Star game and its attendees, whatever you call them, were announced like just recently. So we want to give our congrats. Who do we want to give our congrats to that's on the Yankees that made the All-Star team? Come on. The bully? Bully? Come on. Bully? Luis Savarino? Both bullies, actually. We got Chapman and we got Severino. Right. Right. Glibber Gerd, Glibber Torres, making his first All-Star game. Congrats to him. And, of course, last but not least, all rise. Here comes the judge. Now, my one guy that didn't make it, my one guy that I really wanted to make the All-Star team was Dylan Patances. And I'm furious. Why? I am. I am rioting. I'm rioting. Why? Rioting. I'm. I'm gonna. Th- I'm. I'm going in with pitchforks. I'm not messing around. No, 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 I need no, to no. find a pitch. Wait, I need, I'm not, I need to like every ba- batter he faces. No. No. Brett. Brett, you're stuck. You're stuck in two months ago, Brett. You need to get with now. You need to get with the now. Dylan Batances is pitching better than he has in his entire career. Listen, I agree with that. I agree, but he is not an all-star. I'm sorry. He's- with the beginning of the year, it's from the beginning of the year all the way to now, he is not an all-star. The guy that should be an all-star, which I'm going to talk a little bit about, is John Blake Snell. Oh. oh, wait, wait. Also, Giancarlo Stan. We, we, we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. But I think Blake Snell should definitely be in the all-star game. I'm very surprised he didn't make it. Oh, me too. That's a joke. I'm sorry. What team is Blake Snell on? The Rays. Yes, I know. No one knows because he's on Tampa Bay Rays. Right, we know <laughs> So wait, who, who's who's in there from the Rays? I, I don't even know. Let me let me, let me give me a, be more deserving than Blake Snell on the Rays. That's my my question. Let's 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 let's, let's find that. Let's take a look. Uh, Nathan Avaldi. Really? Oh, not, no, not Nathan. No, no, yeah, no, he's no, kidding. No. The pitch great today, though. He's. Oh, their catcher, their catcher, the Wilson Ramos. Oh, um, Wilson Ramos. So so you're gonna tell me. That he deserves more than Blake Snell. That's a joke. He's the best catcher in the American League this year. But well, if Sanchez didn't get hurt, I disagree with that. But okay. But Sanchez is a joke this year. Batting under two hundred? You kidding me? No, Brett. Brett. Well, Brett. Well, you're playing a dangerous game there, my guy. Welcome, welcome to Bleeding Blue. We don't talk about batting average on Bleeding Blue. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're if you're getting out eight out of seven times, <laughs> you don't deserve to be on an All Star team. Name a better catcher in the Major League Baseball, despite the batting average right now. I mean, honestly, I'd take Buster Posey. Buster Posey! Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, Buster Posey! He's 
Why is that a joke? He's the best catcher in Major League Baseball. No, he ain't. I'm sorry, he ain't. Oh, he. Okay. Are you are you on something? Like, can you like? What what do what do you want over there? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take him over Sanchez this year. All right, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Time out, time out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Brett, Brett. Remember, we're talking about the American League. We're not going to no National League. He asked for the. He asked for the. I know. I, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm starting to answer the question. I, I, I'm going to disagree. You're wrong. It's factual. Oh. Wrong. All right. All right, go ahead. Move on. All right. Anything else you guys want to add? Congrats to the Yankees that made the team. Dallin Patances didn't make it. It's okay. I'm mad about that. No. Hashtag though Giancarlo. Hashtag though Giancarlo. Eh, I'm looking. I, I watched the home run derby. John Carlo just came out and said that he doesn't want any part of the home run derby. Aaron Judge already made it very clear that he doesn't want any part of the home run derby. We, we could still vote for John Carlo to make the team. I, yeah, I mean, sure, but I mean, him. I don't like. You know, I have a bit of a. I still have a bit of a bias to, uh, towards John Carlo because the. You know, I, I think he had another infield hit this uh, this series hey, against the Blue Jays. He had another infield hit, and what does that do? It just sways the batting average up when guys like Gary Sanchez, who hit the ball in the nose, they have under they have under a 200 average. And what does that show? You know, guys who hit the ball not as hard don't get as much. Like you know, the, they get more credit. It's like Judge's pop up home run. It's a pop up home run. It's a fly out of the stadium, but Yankee Stadium goes out for a home run. Same same scenario. That ain't our problem. True. All right. All right. So. All-Star game, congrats. It's coming up soon. And you want to know what? The Yankees really need the All-Star break. Um, they have a lot of games this week. They have a doubleheader coming up today slash tomorrow on Monday. They do not have an off day until the All-Star break. This is going to be a really tough stretch of baseball. The Yankees okay. are playing in a doubleheader, which they typically don't have a lot of success in. They always, No matter what the team is, well, they typically Mathematically, it's very hard to win doubleheaders. It's very hard to win doubleheaders, and right now we can't even, we can't really afford like unearned un, un, quote unquote unearned losses because okay. the Red Sox continue to win, mm-hmm. and we just you know the fact that we just don't have an off day until the All Star break. This is going to be a tough week, and then also we have the Indians coming up after the Orioles. Big also, all the uh, the injuries the Yankees have had. And all the injuries the Yankees have had, it obviously doesn't help. A lot of them not serious, which thank thank God, not a, a lot of them not serious. You know, except for one, except for Johnny Lasagna and Glibber. And well, Glibber, no, Glibber's not even Glibber's not I even. Don't Zabelus because still consider that serious. Yeah, right? I mean, he's going to be gone after the All Star break. Not that important. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't even play him in the All Star game. No, like I, I, I don't. I don't even uh, think he's. Like yeah. he, he he pulls a Starlin Castro and he's there, just like Starlin Castro did last year. He's there, but he doesn't play in the game. Like let him just live in the moment, but not play in the game. That's what I wish all the Yankees did. Just hang out in the dugout. Don't even go out and play. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. So injuries. Aaron Hicks gets cramps. Chapman has tendonitis. Not that big of a deal. Which um, he's had since the uh, the Meg game he went to. Yep. Which he's which we've learned that he's been dealing with all year. Uh, it's kind of a, a shot to the Blue Jays to kind of, you know, there was a lot of good moments. Like there was a lot of good TV moments in this Blue Jay series. You had Tyler Wade going home 
and you said, let's effing go. And he was, you know, the TV. Did he really uh, say that? Yeah, he, he Tyler Wade when he when he was pinched running today and he scored the the what what would right. be the winning run. He you kind of heard him say, "Let's effing go!" and he high five Judge. <laughs> that was a cool <laughs> moment. You had Absolutely. the home the home plate umpire throughout CC Sabathia in game two of the series where CC was CC was talking smack to the umpire about his strike zone, which was kind of terrible. But CC was talking crap from the dugout, and you just you heard the audio, you heard the mic from the. The home plate umpire. He's like, CC, I'm not taking from that. I'm not taking that from you, man. He tossed them right out of the game. So there were a lot of good TV moments in this series. Um, Did the umpire happen to be Joe West? No, the umpire was not Joe West. <laughs> but anyway, you can you can see Aaron Boone. You can see him mouthing the words "not worth it" when Chapman was when he was going to take Chapman out of the game. So in a four run game, they just brought in Chase and Shreve and. He did the job well enough, and you know, he's hey, I guess I guess Chase and Shreve can stay on the team as long as they're only going to bring him in four run games. As if you don't, if if management isn't stupid and they don't bring him in games that are tied, hey, he could stay on the team. Who really cares? But we're going to jump right into it, even though we're 15 minutes in the podcast. Renato's top, not five. Oh no, not five. No, not five. No, not five. Renato's top six. Moments of the week slash eight days, nine days, ten days. Who even knows? Renato's top six moments of the past few series for the Yankees. And we're going to start off. We're going to talk about the Yankees and Red Sox series, the last series that we mentioned on the last part. Um, CC turns back the clock, right? Back to the CC of 2008. I remember that CC's back here. <laughs> Dominating, except for when they lost the fillers, of course, is brother. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> um, but seven innings, six hits, one run, 5K performance, right? Allows the Yankees to win that game against Boston. And how big is that? You know, game one of the most important series of the season so far. I and mean, you can argue it was the most important series in Major League Baseball. Right. Well, you know, just, just in terms of the moment. It's July, it's the summer, it's Yankees, it's Red Sox, and they're the two best teams in Major League Baseball. Except for the Astros. Uh, what do you mean the Astros? Oh, gosh. Brett, Yank- Brett, Yankees podcast, my guy. Yankees podcast. We need to have the headlines and the hot takes be about the Yankees. Come on, Brett. We don't want any, we don't want any, any biased opinions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, if you're going to invite a troublemaker guest like me, like, like you knew beforehand, <laughs> oh, but anyway, anyway, that in game one of the most important series of the year to have CC come out there and not just the fact that and we've talked about this with some other guys on the teams and some other pitchers that we've had. We, I know we talked about this with Jonathan Holder back in the national series, seeing the reactions walking off the mound and seeing the intensity and seeing the emotion. Sometimes that's much better than seeing the actual pitching performance itself because it just gets it gets the fans pumped up and seeing how much CC yells f this f that blah 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 and he gets just so pumped up it's fantastic and I that was him. really the best of ways to start off a Yanks Red Sox series. I love CC. That guy is just he's awesome. All right, number two moment of I guess the week you call it the Bronx Bombers strike against. Our good old nemesis, David Price, the chicken of them all in Boston, the guy who hates playing the Yankees. 
What do the Yankees do? Not one. Not two. Not three. Certainly not four. Definitely not five. Six bombs. Out the Red Sox pitching that day. Five all price. Okay. Three by Hicks. One by Glibber. One by the all rice Aaron Judge kid. And wait, wait. Higgy? Higgy. He only hits home runs. Higgy. I guess he only hits home runs, yeah. I mean, even Higgy was in the part of the act. I mean, six homers. Yankees absolutely destroyed Price. For the whole nation to see on Sunday Night Baseball, it was epic. It was beautiful. I just want to say that that game was dedicated in revenge for what the Red Sox did to the Yankees that Saturday game on June 30th when they beat us 11-0. Oh, don't skip. Don't skip topics. We can't talk about him yet. Don't, 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 don't skip. We will get to that topic. Don't skip. No, we're no. Oh, because Sonny Gray, you're right. Don't even mention his name yet, please. Don't mention the name. Oker, I admire, I admire the podcast forward thinking of trying to think of a transition because really that's part of that's part of podcasting where right. it's trying to think right. of transitions from one topic to another. That's a valiant effort, but I cannot hear his name yet. This is the positive part of the podcast. Positive, positive. This is the positive part of the podcast. Ugh. All right. Yes. So I, that game was epic. That's that's all I need to say about that epic. Game. And um, and I also I want to give credit to uh, John Boy on talking Yanks because literally the episode right before the Red Sox series, so that was the Philly series where Romine went down and he you know he had his problems with his legs or whatever, and then you know you know it it was well known that Higashioka, who has been in the Yankees farm system for what feels like. 30 years for his entire for his entire human life, not just in, not just his entire baseball life. He was 0 for, 0 for 22, 0 for 20 something in his major league career. And John Boy basically come, came out and said, All right, really at this point, what he has to do is he has to, his first hit can't be anything but a home run. Lo and behold, his first like three hits were home runs. His first four hits were home runs. He got a single today. <laughs> he finally got a single. He finally got a hit that wasn't a home run. And I love I love it because his, his OPS is so bloated. I love it so much. His average is like 200, but his OPS is probably like so high. I and I love it. I just get giddy over it because I don't like batting average. But anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, really, really big night after the Saturday night debacle, which we'll talk about soon. Six home runs, the most David Price has ever given up in a start in his career. I thought that was a fun stat. And five homers. Of course, it comes from the Yankees. Five homers. Five homers, the most home runs. Eh, David Price stinks against the Yankees. He stinks. He stinks. He stinks. How about, uh, Renato, Renato, uh, Renato, Renato, Brett, and Broker. Here's a really quick question. This is something that's been going around Yankees Twitter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick question, quick reaction. This has to be asked, though. If I don't ask it now, I'm going to forget. Would you accept a David Price Sonny Gray swap? Nope. Why? Because Sonny Gray's really bad. Sonny Gray is basically our David Price. He's really bad against the Red Sox. Oh, easy. I, I, I would definitely, I would definitely accept that. No, I wouldn't. Easy. If, if, if is money, no. no if it's where it has to be David Price and maybe maybe a prospect for me to even consider. It, but what we talk is is money not. An issue here, or we, we actually do no money. Money. Money's not an issue. Money. No money's not an issue. Just would you would you swap players? Oh yeah, David Price is better. No doubt. Uh, yeah, I'm swapping players. 
Uh, I, I need I need a prospect. Give me the the, the top prospect. Oh Jesus! Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not the question here, guys. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's a prospect, yes. If without it, no. Oh gosh. Okay, we're not we're not arguing about this. Brett says yes. Boker says yes. Renato, you say no. I say no. You're, wow. Okay. Cool. Boker. Uh, <laughs> Bo- Boker. Renato. What right. is number three? Number three, and this is the game I was at, and Justin was there, right? CC Sabathia, clutch again. This is the, the Atlanta Braves on the 4th of July. Six innings, five hits, two earned, five strikeouts. And he was just clutch again. With The Braves are a very pesky team. They are very pesky. They, they're probably going to win the National League this year. Arsenal. They wow. are a very good team. They're no, a very good team. Very I good guarantee team. you they won't. I'm sorry. I guarantee you they won't. Who's going to win the National League? Then tell me. Cubs. Nah, nope, yeah, nope, I nope, nope. Where's it being the Cubs? Tony, not a chance. Mm-hmm. Just saying, that's a fact. We, right. we can put that one in the fact thing. All right, we'll see. So basically, what I what I said just before this podcast, especially after seeing our good friend Kevin Pilar again, <laughs> the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Braves basically have nine Kevin Pilars in their lineup. Um, yeah. this is Renato. This is Renato and Brett's word. Very pesky team. Very young team. They like to fight off pitches. They like to get fight through at bats. Mm-hmm. They're they're a very good young baseball team. And what kind of like analytics are looking for today? It's just hey, fight off pitches, keep the at bats going, fight off the at bats, keep fighting, keep grinding out the at bats, get to the bullpen and see what happens. But the Yankees are also very forward thinking. Where if you get to their bullpen, they're much better with their bullpen compared to their starting pitching. So they're forward thinking in that way. But the Braves were a good young team. It was good to see them come to the Bronx. It was good to see them, you know, what hopefully will be some exciting years. You know, they kind of say that the Yank that the Braves this year are the Yankees last year. I don't really see it. I don't think the Braves are as talented as, as the Yankees were last year. Neither here nor there. They're exciting. Yanks took two out of three. Mm-hmm. And that's all that we can ask for. Win series. They have the, I'm just one more thing about the Braves. They have some players that are pretty badly overachieving that should probably come back, come back down in the second half. Marcakis? Yeah. Exhibit A. Did he make the All Star team? Yep. He's a starter. Wow. Yep. Take that, Baltimore. Oh, yeah. That was no, I, I, I'll be the first one to admit that was one of the stupidest moves the Orioles have ever made, letting him go. And they've made some stupid ones. Number four. <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton. Clutch and not only one, both wins against the Braves. 3 1 Apotaco on the game that we went to 4th of July. All right, that was a nice bomb, make it a 4 0 game. And that pretty much was enough runs for CC Bathia. And on the, the game before then, 3rd of July, he made a 6 5 game become an 8 5 game with a two run home run into opposite fields as well. So, two clutch games by Stan. Is he coming back to NL MVP form, guys? That's not my question to answer. That's Michael Boker's question to answer. Again, as I said before, not the MVP from last year, but getting into that groove where I said the 40-plus home run type of player and right around, uh, give or take, more than 90 RBIs, less than 100 RBIs. Brett, you're you're a you're not as you're you're a, you're a very unbiased party. So, <laughs> what do you what do you think of Giancarlo and specifically uh, his performance this year and whatnot? 
I have a strong opinion about Giancarlo Stanton. I've seen some pretty mediocre to bad Phillies pitching give him all kinds of trouble over the years. He has looked awful, awful at times. So I, I just think Stanton's the kind of guy that when he faces some bad pitchers or some bad pitches, he starts to get on a roll. But then, then you get a guy that's burying his slider down the way. Stanton will start chasing them, and then, then he goes into the doldrums. So I really think he, he's the kind of guy that won't be that, – that will put up some big numbers during the season. But when he gets to the playoffs, I don't think he's going to be particularly useful at all. Yeah, you know, somebody that I've compared Stanton to over the course of this year, and that's really the the episode bef- the episode before, you know, I, I did this. I, I said, John Carlos reminding me a lot of Alex Rodriguez and hitting a lot of meaningless home runs at meaningless times. And then literally the week after, and the, the games that proceeded after that podcast, after that episode, he spat that right back in my face and hits that and hits that walk off home run against the Mariners, and he's been on this tear ever since. He reminds me, honestly, he reminds me when Chris Davis used to be good. He mm. reminds me a lot of Chris Davis, prime Chris Davis. I mean, don't get me wrong; he has looked absolutely, absolutely fantastic. But there's yes. something about him and Aaron Hicks where they're just their approaches at the plate they bug me. They bug me. They bug me a bit. Because they're not classic Yankees approaches. Yankees approaches grind out at bats more. Right. It's not as free swinging. Right. Right. 100% right. What the Yankees have done recently, and we're going we're gonna to talk, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later and kind of like, I'm calling this the where is baseball headed conversation. Where is the baseball headed series and this is a convert. This has been an ongoing conversation that we've had on the podcast, and we'll talk about that. We talked about some numbers last podcast episode about the home run or die numbers and how that's not necessarily a bad thing. The Yankees are really relying on the home run numbers. We're going to talk about that more. But you know, getting the starting pitchers' numbers up, the sooner that you can do that, and the sooner you can head to the bullpen, that's always been the better move. And Aaron Hicks and John Carlo pretty much their approaches at the plate have to be pretty much decided before they step into the batter's box compared to guys like Brett Gardner and, and Aaron Judge where they can see a ball very well. They have a very good command to their strike zone. They're not they're very picky at the stuff that they swing with. So that's that's my that's my approach. But I I cannot I'm not going to knock on Stanton even though I just did. He's had a really really good few weeks and he's really stuck it to me these past few weeks ever since I really, really criticized him. And give credit to Bokra. We're giving credit to Bokra once again, even though I've already done it twice now. <laughs> but I just like to give too much credit. But no, but no, really, he really did. Despite the really, I was ripping him apart. And despite the dark, dark times and the booing at Yankee Stadium, he said to stick with Giancarlo. And Giancarlo is really, we have really, he's really, really came through. And we've really, for the first time, we've really seen the Bash Brothers at play and seeing what they can do these past few weeks. So, Renato, we're moving on to number five. Guardy and Judge go back to back and booey to booey. And they give the Yankees not only just a 2 nothing lead, a 2 nothing lead in a Southerino start in which even though he didn't have his best stuff, Yankees still won the game. Much needed, though. Much needed start for the Yankees there. 
even though I just did give credit to Brett Gardner and Aaron Judge because I just said that I love their approaches at the plate, I really feel like we don't talk about those two guys at the top of our lineup a lot, but especially Aaron Judge. You know, I, hmm. I, I thought of this before we really started the podcast. I feel like he's just the sun that comes up in the morning for Yankee fans. It al- it's always there. It's always, you, you know that when you put your head to go to bed at night, the sun's going to come up in the morning, and so is Aaron Judge. But what if it's cloudy out? All right, take it easy. <laughs> it's, don't it's don't ruin my out. metaphor. Don't ruin my metaphor. Brett, <laughs> we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. As a non-Yankee fan, mm-hmm. what's your kind of opinions around Judge and kind of what we were talking about before the podcast? I'm a huge Aaron Judge fan. I love Aaron Judge. I mean, yeah, he's going to be cold sometimes. But like you said, he he will always be there for you. I mean, defensively, even if he's cold at the plate, he is there defensively big time. He, I mean, underrated. I don't think people talk about that enough with him. Yeah, his arm is fantastic. He has, And he has some range for a big guy. He, he can move. He does, he does, he does. I mean, yeah, Aaron Judge, I mean, he even when he's cold, he's scary. I mean, I, I, every time he comes to the plate, I feel like something can happen. And that's kind of how... It, it, you know, it, you know, it's kind of a vague sort of feeling, but you know, every time he comes to the play, it's like, here we go, something could happen. So now, good transition. Number six, Renato, what's your final moment? Well, it, it just happened, right? Just a little bit ago, right? Guard, Brett Gardner, once again, this guy is just clutch as it gets, right? Ten game tied, one apiece, extra innings. I get Domingo on a Sunday works like a charm again. Again, always puts Domingo on a Sunday. Usually works like a charm. But he gets the game-winning RBI, I guess, double into uh, into left field as a Tyler Wade comes running around with the speed, Tyler being of use to the Yankees today. I just want to thank Toronto for being idiots and letting our good boy uh, Tyler Clippard pitch an inning and cost them a win today. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's like taking candy from a baby, though. You can't thank Toronto. I, I, I'm thanking Toronto because if they don't put a clip in, we're losing that game. I'm telling them right now. But he's their closer. It's like taking. He's not candy. a closer. It's like taking, but he's their closer what? because Osuna suspended. It's like taking candy from a baby. You can't thank somebody I'm for trying their best. He's closed. That's it. Timeout. Timeout. Wait, timeout. You can take candy from a baby if they don't like the candy. <laughs> I, I like this guy. Great insight. I, I love this guy's insight. <laughs> Thanks, Velcro. Always thinking. <laughs> yeah. He's hitting his head. He's going to hurt himself. Brett Garner, the pulse of the team. The pulse. Domingo, on a Sunday, the joke will never get old. Nope, never. Never get old. Domingo, Herman, our fourth starter? I love him. I I don't care. I, I'm coming out and I'm saying it. I've been waiting to say this, even though he had that bad performance in Tampa Bay, which uh, I'm, I, I'm trying to humble myself a little bit with Domingo Herman. But basically every Yankee game that I go to, he's pitching, and he always <laughs> pitches well. He reminds me a little bit of Michael Pineda. Eh, fine. But he also reminds me of Severino. Eh, that's good. I love Domingo Severino? Herman. Really? That's high praise. Yes, he does. Uh, I, 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 there's a little Severino in him. I can see you. There's also a little there's, bit of there's no chance he's ever going to be Severino. Though. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I do. Severino's a great pitcher. I called Severino even when he was struggling. I knew listen, Severino listen, listen, Brett, Brett. Yeah. 
I've seen Domingo starts. He has the potential, if he works on his stuff, to be that type of pitcher. Maybe not an ace per se, but he could be a number two starter. He could be. I see him as a three. I see him okay. as a three. I'll, I'll take a three. No problem. I'll take a three. There's not a Yankee in that lineup that I, that I would rather, as a Yankee, if I were a Yankee fan, I would rather have Gardner over anybody in a big situation. I need a hit here. I Disagree. need Gardner at the plate. Disagree. I, I'm sorry. I do. That Indian series. How can you that, – that's the best at-bat I've ever seen. I, I, okay, I agree on that. But if, I, if you give me three options where I want to play, let's say right now, it's Judge, it's Sanchez, I don't get and then you. Gardner as my three. I don't get you guys with Sanchez. I really don't. I'm telling you, Sanchez is a don't you remember don't you remember ALCS? Houston? He's good. He's good. You, I, I'm good. Not, don't you remember that? You I'm guys just, just killed my transition. Ugh. Michael Bokra, what's your transition? Because <laughs> we were talking about Domingo Herman. What's your transition? Because I was gonna say Domingo Herman, his stuff is quote unquote there. And guess whose stuff isn't "quote unquote" there? Ah, okay, okay. Hashtag Greece. Sunny Ray sucks. Greece. Sunny in the Bronx. Hashtag it's uh, a great day. Sunny in the Bronx. Yeah. Speaking of pouring in the Bronx, every time the guy freaking pitches. It's never sunny in the Bronx. Let's go ahead, Justin. Go ahead, please. Let's talk about Sunny Gray, please. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. No, I, I honestly, I have, I don't have as many hot takes and opinions as you guys do. So I honestly want you guys to run with this conversation. And then whenever you want me to butt in and kind of banter, because I'm not as heated as you guys are, but I still do have my opinions and I have my takes. So Boker, I'm going to let you start. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give this to Renato age before beauty. Renato, you go first. You sure? <laughs> I'm positive. All right. So, Sonny Gray, every time I see this man's name on a probable pitcher sheet, okay, knowing that he's going to pitch this next game, I want to vomit. This guy's absolute trash. He has no backbone whatsoever to pitch in New York, and the guy just chokes. That, that guy is a literal choker. And then he comes out like, oh, I have good stuff, or... Oh, like I know it's like, yeah, we all know you stink. We all know it happens. Like, pitch better. I'm, and at this point, at this point, I think the Yankees have to let this guy go, play in some point. You know, after his debacle against the Red Sox on June 30th, the one that me and Justin attended. I'm sorry for that, by the way. Uh, yeah, it was a tough day, tough day. But anyway, he came out after the game and he's like, oh, quote unquote. He's like, oh, I came, I uh, I could pit. The Yankees are good four out of the five days. Then I come in, and then and then we lose that other game. Like, like facts, true. It's true, but his confidence is like is not there, and you don't want that in a starting pitcher in New York specifically. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's <clears throat> if there's one thing that I have a problem with Sonny Gray, it's the fact that he over and over again. Whenever he has these really, really notable bad, bad appearances, he comes out with these notable quotes that podcasts and sports radio talk shows 
And yes, network telecasts are talking about seven days later, five days later in his next start. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. You, you know, went out there. You pitched. I don't. I really don't get heated over stuff. But I was heated when I heard that. Okay. Yes. Leave. Leave the hot takes. The Yankees are the best team in baseball. Four out of five days, and then Sonny Gray goes out there. You want to know what? That's meant for the Mike Francesa show. That yeah. quote. That's, That's meant great. for the Michael K show. Yeah. That's meant for Talking Yanks. That's meant for Bleeding Blue podcast. It's not meant out of Sonny Gray's mouth. Have some self respect. Have yeah. some decency in your performance. You're a major league baseball player. Why are you coming out and saying this? What? So you can have Yankees Twitter tweeting? Oh, you know what? Good for Sonny Gray showing showing some honesty and good for Sonny Gray being honest in his performance. No, F that guy. Speaking he sucks. That, you want to hear something crazy? I don't know if you guys have his Twitter, but he's actually blocked anyone from tweeting at him. So wow. Yeah. That's some, that's Apparently some, someone hacked his Twitter, but I, I, some, I don't buy that. That's idea. some Kevin Durant crap right there. <laughs> really? Well, what I was going to say, when it comes to Gray, and, and I think Granado knows what I'm about to say. Yes. But when you start in Oakland, when you start with the uh, Oakland mm-hmm. A's, mm-hmm. that's AAA. That's yeah. AAA right there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not the major leagues. But then you come over to the Yankees – in the Yankee Stadium, see that's major. That's major major leagues. That's not major leagues. That's major major leagues. That's as high as you get. So, guys, certain guys just aren't cut out for that. They will crumble. And Gray's one of them. And that's what I predicted. Actually, you, you did when, predict when Gray came mm-hmm. over there. Not everyone does. To me, that I got kind of lucky. I got uh, he, lucky. You know why I was I was big on Gray? Can I tell you why? Because of his, his start against Boston in the playoffs in the ALDS, what was it, 2013? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact year. But I thought that was a stunning way we were going to get. A guy that was confident enough, going the hill, and freaking pitch against the Boston Red Sox. But no, in reverse, he faces Boston Red Sox, and he gets shelled in freaking two innings every freaking game. It's a joke. But the That's thing cool. is, there's no pressure there. If he goes out there and does poorly with the A's. But it's postseason. It's still postseason. Who can, but who cares though? I mean, honestly. He's just, but 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 he, but so there's no pressure there. If he goes out and gets shot with the Yankees, he hears from talking heads like us. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I honestly really thought at the beginning of the season that Sonny Gray was actually going to be really good for us. Because if you think about it, after we got him in the trade with Oakland last year, he actually like pitched really good. He just had zero run support. And I, I actually really thought that this year he was going to come out and have a big year. And lo and behold, I was, like, so dead wrong. But it is so bad that every fifth day we take losses because we can't have guys. I could, I, I could pitch. Put someone from single-A pitching for Cronella. Put Justin Sheffield up here for Cronella. They could all pitch better than freaking Sonny Gray right now. I'm sorry. And that's a good transition to the comment that Aaron Boone made. He's the best guy. He's the best guy you got in the whole organization. Oh, don't get me started on that either, please. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on this real quick. I am starting to get a little pissed off about what how I understand Boone defends his players. I really do. I I I understand that like tremendously. As 
a manager. You're not supposed to go out there and say, oh, yeah, th- yeah, this guy sucks. Oh, this guy's okay. beyond terrible. He, he shouldn't even be here. I'm just waiting for the GM to trade this guy or DFA this guy or whatever. I understand that. But at the beginning, he was like, oh, I don't believe in personal catchers. But what happens? Sonny Gray, quote, unquote, gets his personal catcher. Oh, right. 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 right? And now, and now, what's going on? Everything. It's always about uh, defending, like how, uh, quote unquote, something was there with Sonny Gray or anything yeah, along those stuff lines. Stuff was there. My favorite quote: "Stuff was, stuff was good. Stuff was there. Stuff was there. Give me that. The stuff was there, but you somehow only managed to get to what four innings, and then what two innings the other day? Right. Yeah. Like what you give him his. Personal catcher, what 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 else are you going to do? Are you gonna like give him like a foot massage at the end of every start? Why are you gonna baby this guy? He's a major league. He's a major league pitcher. I'm done. I'm done with Boone defending this guy. And I'm I'm gonna go back to what Justin said early in the season. If you remember what Justin said, it's not Boone managing the team. It's Brian Cashman managing the team. And I truly believe this is a Brian Cashman move because he doesn't want to say that he messed up on this trade. Okay? Hmm. That's true. Yeah. yeah, so really, like, I, we have a – Renato Boker and myself, we have a group chat on Facebook, and we were really, really going back and forth on Facebook about some of the quotes that Aaron Boone was having. And they – and I think I've made my – Thoughts on what Aaron Boone is supposed to be for this Yankee team. Very, very clear this season. Aaron Boone is a player's manager. He is there to, yeah, manage the players. He's not there to make, quote unquote, you know, these roster decisions. He's not there to really make these, the old, who, who comes in in terms of when they, in terms of coming out of the bullpen, who's pinch hitting. This is all analytics. Who's starting in the lineup? It's all analytics. It's all coming out of Brian Cashman's office. Aaron Boone, guess what? Joe Girardi, you didn't do a good job with not showcasing your emotions, and you didn't do a good job with making players feel comfortable and coddled. So guess what, Aaron Boone? You're hired. You have to make the players feel comfortable. You have to coddle the players. You have to defend them at all costs. But you want to know what? I didn't really think that his quote of when – one of the reporters asked, is there another alternative besides Sonny Gray? Is there another alternative besides Sonny Gray? And he came out and said, there really is no other better option right now. So really, I don't, I don't really think that's a defense to Sonny Gray. I just simply think this is the Yankees right now. Tanaka's hurt. We didn't plan for Jordan Montgomery to be getting Tommy right. John surgery. We now obviously nobody's going to feel bad for us because every single major league baseball team has to go through this. But you know wh- what? What do you want the Yankees to do? This is a ML. I'm sorry, Sonny Gray is still an MLB proven pitcher. He still is an MLB proven pitcher. We didn't give up on Tanaka last year. We were defending Tanaka last year. Nobody was given. I mean, obviously, this is different than Tanaka, and I feel like this is a much longer exaggerated stretch than Tanaka. Because not much, only is, much, 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 much longer. Because not only is Sonny Gray, you know, allowing home runs, he also just can't throw strikes and he can't put batters away. As I, I just want you to keep in mind, Sonny Gray is almost 100 innings already. Okay, he has a 85 innings and he has a, almost six ERA. How can you defend that? Tell me. 
Tell me. I'm not. I'm not defending Sonny Gray. I'm. A, I'm defending the current state of the Yankees starting pitching. Wait, you that put the fact somebody, that we're already very thin. You tell. You tell me. There's nobody else that could pitch better than a six year old. Tell me right now. I am not ready for Justice Sheffield. The guy's been pr- pitching lights out in Triple A. I'm, not ready. I'm what, not ready. What's for the Justin worst Sheffield. that could happen? Tell me. What's the worst that could happen? He he can do terrible. And you send yeah. him back down, right. and then he just is just sitting in AAA and AA. He's still, and then he loses all value. No, he doesn't. Nothing one star. Nothing one star. Nope. I disagree. You tell me you can't. You can't skip Gray's turn in the rotation and get somebody else a shot. While you work on Sunny Gray. I mean, if we're gonna see, yeah. we're we're really gonna see what happens this Wednesday, but. If he pitches oh, bad, I can tell what's gonna happen this Wednesday. If he if like, Machado he pitches, and go six for eight with like five homers, probably. If you intentionally walk Machado every single time, you don't have to worry about that. Well, if they walk him, then Aaron Jones and thinking Chris Davis would go six for eight with five homers. Like, but we're gonna see what happens this Wednesday, and then honestly, it it may just this. I'm comparing this to Matt Harvey right now. That's what I oh, really don't, am. Don't don't no no. I'm comparing it to no. Matt Harvey, but here's the thing. Sonny Gray is still a better pitcher than Matt Harvey because I'm I'm, now I'm serious. I'm serious when I say this. We saw with our own eyes Matt Harvey lose himself. He lost his velocity. He lost the pit. He lost the movement on his off-speed pitches. Sonny Gray's velocity is still there. In fact, it's gone up. It's gone up from like 93, 94, and he's now consistently hitting 95. Yeah, Sonny Gray's now, 95, they're hitting everything. The, well, the movement on his breaking stuff is still there. There is more upside for Sonny Gray right now. Now, obviously, Matt Harvey's been pitching well, but I, I'm just I, I'm just using I'm using this for comparison for co- just just for to have some sort of comparison here. We can honestly get it, DFAing Sonny Gray is not going to happen. It should. It should. Why it should it happen? But G- it, give me a, a valid reason why it should happen. Tell me why. Because we can trade him. Thank you. Okay, the DFA also means you can trade him. That's if we if we can get if we can guess what who did, the, who did the Mets get the Mets got Pulwecki that guy Pulwecki right if we can get no not, not they, no they got um what's his face uh, who's who's that what's that catcher's name um Mezzarosco oh, okay so the Mets got Mezzarosco if we can get a bench player if we can get a bullpen guy? I don't care who. You know, I don't, honestly don't even care who we can get. But if that's what the Mets can get for Matt Harvey, we can really get something for Sonny Gray. Something. Okay. If we if we trade Sonny Gray, which I've actually been saying the past couple, not on the podcast, off air on podcast, but I've been saying if we trade him, and even if we do get quote unquote a bag of chips. Okay, I'll take that bag of chips. I'll, I'll take the bag of chips too. I, I'm right with you, bro. I, I'm taking the bag of chips and running. How old is Gray? Sunny Gray? Yeah. Right now, let's take a look. Let's take a look. Because honestly, I mean, and honestly, and honestly, it doesn't matter how old he is. What matters is that he has one more year left of control on his contract after this year. So okay. that's kind of like that's kind of like the the bad part right now. That maybe if he had two more years left, uh, two more years of control left on his contract. Then that makes him a little bit more valuable in terms of trade bait, but the one year left, one year left on a uh, one year of control left, doesn't make him really that much more attractive to maybe some rebuilding teams that could want to use a number two or a number three starter. 
Which is great. He's not a number two, number three starter right well, now. Well, I mean, on another, on honestly, on another team, he may no. be. No, he well, isn't. No, no, he isn't. But what, what, what I'm, what I'm saying here is, if I'm a National League team, I would be actually pretty intrigued by Sonny Gray. They could take him. They could take him. Now, a National League team that that you know might be on the fringe, like a like um maybe Colorado. I, I'm not sure. Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Bro, if Sonny like Gray gets an 80 year old Yankee Stadium, it'd be like a 15 year old in Colorado. It will, well, yeah, maybe. But I'm just saying, I, I'm just thinking of a National League team that might need starting pitching could look at Gray as a buy low sort of opportunity. They could take him. Well, they want him. Open Absolutely. Season. So we're talking about, and then, you know, here's the thing we're talking about trading Sonny Gray, but Johnny Lasagna. You know, who even knows how long he's going to be out? So we're talking about trading Sonny Gray. We're talking about possibly DFAing him. And really, if there's one thing that Aaron Boone is right on in his post-game quotes talking about Sonny Gray, it really is. And Renato, you can say that you can go out there and pitch. You want Justice Sheffield to go out there. Yeah. If you really think that he's lightening up a AAA, you maybe I, give him I a shot. The guy pitching AAA. No. Why not? Why not have an AJ Cole spots? Why not have an AJ Cole spot start if you can? try to fake a phantom DL trip by me. But here's the thing, you know, you, if you get caught by major league baseball by trying to phantom DL, then that's a problem. I'm but saying- really the Yankees do not much have much of a choice right now, especially with Johnny lasagna going for an MRI. And I don't even know what's happening with him with the shoulder inflammation. And the okay. fact that Tanaka hasn't even made one start back from the DL yet. Okay. Again, again, you do not risk your team in July, almost at the trade deadline, to keep pitches, man, when you're already two games behind Boston. You, you can't risk it no more at this point in the season. You can't. It's not exactly it's insurmountable tough. deficit there, two games. No, I, Brett, I understand this, but <laughs> whoever someone's going to be a 100-game winner and get the wild card spot. You do not want to be in the wild card spot because yeah. you can lose on one game and that's it. Yeah, and you, and you could face... You can't the- risk it at this point. You cannot risk it. So we're done with Sonny Gray. We're done. Number one, we're done talking about him. Number two, I pretty much think everybody here is done with him. I'm done. Unfortunately, the Yankees may not be done with him out of necessity. They may just need to keep him around for a not little necessity. longer. It, it's Wednesday, Wednesday may just be... <laughs> if you can't pitch against the Orioles... I'm sorry, you can't pitch against anybody at this point. So, here, Sonny Gray, you want a present? You want to get? You want you want your opportunity gift wrapped for you to get back and to try and attempt to get back into the graces of Yankee fans. Pitch well against the Orioles. All right, so we're we're moving past that. So, I would say on our last Yankee episode, we had a bit of a conversation on how the Yankees have been very, very, very reliant on the home run. And it's been pretty much feast or famine, home run or die these past few weeks. And I gave some numbers from a a thread on Twitter that basically said that this kind of approach is good in the age of new analytics and in the age of trying to get away from small ball where small ball doesn't necessarily win you World Series championships. Winning home runs in October wins you World Series championships. Runs go up. What was that? Striking out doesn't win you championships either. 
Striking out does not win you championships, but the home runs. Now, Brett, if you listen to episode number four of Bleeding Blue, you can mm. get more of an, of an extended explanation. But home, basically, home runs go up in October, but runs go down. That means the home runs that you hit are much more valuable. Yeah. So a lot of people have been not very happy about the Yankees, especially in their losses, especially in their losses, because the losses that they have are very, very ugly with the runners in scoring position stat. But a trend that I've been noticing, a trend that I've really, really been noticing in Yankees wins, in specifically Yankees wins, is that it's been pretty scary how much the Yankees have been matching their runs with their hits. So the same amount of runs that they score, relatively the amount of hits that they have, the number is pretty much the same. It's all in the same range. Now, this is only in wins. This is not in losses because we're positive. We're positive thinking on this podcast. So this is going back to the Red Sox series. Game one of the Red Sox series where CeCe Sabathia got the, got the win. Game one, June 29, 2018, eight runs, 11 hits for the Yankees, and that was a win. June 30th was a loss. We don't want to talk about that. July 1st, this is probably the most, this is probably the game where the runs and hits differential was different the most. 11 runs, 16 hits, still relatively close. The Yankees lost July 2nd. July 3rd, they matched it right on the head. July 3rd, eight runs, eight hits. July 4th, six runs, seven hits. July 7th, eight runs, nine hits. July 8th, not counting today, not counting every game <laughs> leading up to the besides today because they had two runs and nine hits. I didn't look at the box score from today. This was the first time I'm looking at the box score. All right. And then July 9th is tomorrow. So, yes, basically. From our last episode. Besides the losses. The Yankees, the runners, the, the hits that they put on the board. They get those runners home, and it's been through the home run, and that's a good thing, especially in the Yankee wins, but in the Yankee losses, the runners in scoring position has been kind of tough to watch. It is really tough to watch when you get a home when you get a leadoff double in an inning, and then you can't even get the runner to third. It's kind of it kind of sucks the wind out of the start. It kind of sucks the wind out of the inning for at least a little while, just like a sunny gray start. But when they win and they can do this correctly, and they do it well, they do it really well. So, yeah, but, but isn't that freaky? It's pretty freaky. Like, you know, how close, like, a lot of the times you see that a team score four runs and they have ten hits, right? Right. But it's crazy that when the Yankees win, besides today, when the Yankees win, and, and you know, this is, going all, this is going all the way back pretty much the last three series, when the Yankees win, their runs match the hits that they have. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of and what a lot of people have been concerned about is the fact that the Yankees can't score runners in scoring position. You know why? Because the Yankees walk a lot. Which is why I love it. I, I mean. love the grinding a out of, at bats approach. Lot, me too. The, a lot of those base runners they're getting are walks. So you, you, that's, why the, that's why the runs and the hits match up more because they're getting a ton of base runners, but you know, they don't show up as much in the box score. OBP, baby. OBP. Yeah. So one thing I want to say about the home run stat about the uh, do or die with the home run 
is we knew coming into the season that the Yankees were going to hit home runs. And matter of fact, we were going to hit a lot of home runs. But it, it, in my point of view, it gets very frustrating when, like Justin said, we get like a leadoff double or we have, you know, runners on second, even runners on third with like no out or one out, and we still can't get that runner home. I don't, I want to be that team that can depend on the home run ball, which we are. We can depend on it, but I also don't always want to look for that home run because while yes, home runs get exciting, they could be like very boring in my opinion. I, 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 I feel like some home runs yeah. could be pretty boring. Well, well home, I think home runs, what, what you're saying is that you're just waiting for the home run to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't really want that. Like I want, I, I enjoy playing small ball. I enjoy getting right. singles. I enjoy getting doubles, even occasional triples. And I like my walks and, all of them, they get the job done as well. Yeah, so that was just a that was a bit of a continuation. That's something that I've I've been you know you I look at you know you look at the box scores or especially if you listen to the Yankees on the radio, which I really I really like to listen to the Yankees on the radio. I love John Sterling. I love Susan Waldman. I love the Yankees. I love the Yankees post game show on the radio with Sweeney Murdy, and they go through the box scores, and I'm just listening, and I'm like, huh. So that's eight runs, eight hits, six runs, seven hits, and you know, and you hear this night after night after night, and especially with thinking about what we talked about in episode number four, our our last Yankees podcast, and thinking about how much they rely on the home runner die, and then especially with you know Brett brought up a great great point about walks and how important OBP is. You know, it's 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 a it's a good it's a good thought, and and it's a good thing. It's a good thing, like. Today's game that the Yankees won, we didn't hit a single home run. But in my opinion, today's game was very like enjoyable to like watch and listen to because it kept everything like exciting. Close game. Domingo was in the sixth inning and he gave up that solo home run and it was like, oh, one one one, here we go. But then the bullpen blows us, bails us out, and it just kept everything like fun, like an exciting game. And then we get that. We go into extra innings, and then we get that uh, go-ahead single, and Tyler Wade starts running around the bases. He, he gets home, and he's, like, really pumped up. Like, that was almost exciting to me as just hit, hitting a home run. And wasn't there a bit of small ball played in today's game, Renato? A little, little small ball, little, little – what was it? It was a um, single? Or was it a walk? I don't remember how they started off. I thought I saw a bunt. I, I thought that, I heard- I'm saying that. I'm saying it was the, the run on first. Roman Bunts, which you know me, I'm not a big fan of bunting with the leadoff guy on base. I'm not a big fan of that. But okay, we bunted, and then Guardy was Guardy. That's all I'm gonna say. Guardy was Guardy. Yep. Yeah, so Guardy party. So so small ball lovers. I mean, between I mean this series, Greg Bird showed bunt. He did show And the Yankees actually successfully laid down a bunt today and won the game on a single. So Yankee fans who are small ball lovers must have had an aneurysm this weekend because it was that's their dream, right? That's their dream. They want Greg Bird to bunt, and they want the Yankees to win every game by bunting the leadoff runner over and then Brett Gardner by hitting a single. So there you go. You got your your moment, Yankee fans. Well, today they were right because look at it. I'm looking at the play-by-play now. First first batter, Greg Bird, hit by pitch. Austin Romine, second. That's what it was, hit by pitch. And then Brett Gardner, single. And then Judge and Stanton both strike out. So you want the single there. 
because Judge and Stanton, we're coming through for you. All right. So we're going to be wrapping up in a few minutes, but we really said we weren't going to do this, and we promised that we weren't going to do this, but we are going to do it for a little bit this episode. We're going to take Talking Yanks idea, and we are going to have a separate trade deadline episode where we just talk about the yes. trade deadline. Yes. And um, I know because this is it's so fun, but it's so addicting, and it really doesn't mean anything unless it's you know, my favorite thing. But now it means something because names are actually coming out. So I'm going to throw some names out there that are actually reported that the Yankees have been interested in. Nathan Avaldi. Oh. <laughs> Mike Moustakis. Okay. At first base, as a first baseman. Right. Okay. Zach Britton. Okay. And yeah. Brad Hand. I, I will love me some Brad Hand. And of course, J.A. Happ and Cole Hamels and a lot of the names that we have, a lot of the names that we have already talked about. In pretty much the first episode, the first episode of Bleeding Blue, which was maybe six, seven weeks ago, we already brought out Cole Hamels and J.A. Happ. So you heard it You heard it from Bleeding Blue first, kind of. But those new names that I just gave, those four new names, one starting pitcher, two relief pitchers, and even a third baseman slash primarily will be used as a first baseman if traded to the Yankees. So what do you think of those names, and who wants to start? I guess I'll go. Renato. Out of those four guys... I'm going to rate them in order from how I want them, okay? Number one would be Brad Hand. If Brad Hand comes to our bullpen, it's lights out from fifth inning off. That's how good our bullpen's going to be with him. He is he's one of the best relievers in baseball. He is so underrated, so underappreciated in San Diego. He deserves to get out of there, go to a, a big market team. He is so good. Um, Number two would be Mike Moustakis. All right, I know your bird defenders out there, including myself, would be like, why do you want Moustakis? A third space. Well, what has Bird done since his injury? Not He's, too much. Not I'm, too much. I, you, you, I, I've told you this. I keep going. You, you, you did tell me this, Brad. You did tell me this. <laughs> so I would not mind getting a Mike Moustakis play third space and be even at DH some days. Give Stan a couple days off. Give um, Bird a couple days. I mean, he'd be an impact player for this lineup for sure. If we could get him to play for us, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, who would be my next one? I guess it had to be Zach Burton. I mean, I don't think the Yankees should get him unless he comes very cheaply. He would. Zach Burton's he would. I, I agree because of his injury. But even then, I just I, I don't think he's going to be at the same Zach Burton we've seen. I don't think we're going to no. get that Zach Burton again. No. I really don't think so. Um, By the way, Brad Hand's actually having a bit of a down year compared to last year. He was incredible. Right. Last, last year. year was insane for him. I mean, it's, yeah. He's having a slight, slightly down from there, but I agree. He's really good. Go on. <laughs> um, and I guess last would be Ivaldi. I mean, yes, he's a good pitcher, but do we really want him back? <laughs> we want to, do we really want to take a chance on him? I don't know. I don't know. Justin's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll talk about that, but Boca wants to say something first. Let Boca talk. So I'm going to rank my – uh, order of those four players that we just saw. And I'm going to go one, Brad Hand. I, like Renato said, lights out, and the, the bullpen is going to be set, especially when we also get Kaylee back. Um, Number two. Please bring him back. Thank you. <laughs> number two, uh, also Mike Moustakis. I'm going to throw out a little uh, – 
poss- possibility of a trade r- right now. Oh God! Oh, please don't do this. But you're gonna do it. Anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway because uh. you know I got it. So if we get Mike Mustakis right to play first base, right, that leaves we got Mustakis, we got Bird, and we got Drury, kind of, right? What happens with Tyler Austin? Does he get traded? You Can think, you think he would be a part of the trade package? I think he could be a part of the trade package. You know, you always talk about him being a National League first baseman, right? Well, the, Ro- the Royals are in the American League. But do we get Mustakis first? And we use Tyler Austin to get Brad Hand. I don't know if teams are going to go crazy over I, Brad I, I Hand. I got a better one. I got a better one. How about tell Austin and Sonny Green to the National League? Mm. All right. Now, don't let's not be these Yankee fans, all right, that talk about trading away our secondhand trash and thinking that we're going to get gold in return because just because we got John Carlos Stanton and just because we got chat, just because we traded away Chapman and then got him back and then we traded away Adam Warren and then we got him back for basically, you know, and then we also acquired somehow the best prospect in baseball. So I really do think that I need, I basically, I love Greg Bird. I love Greg Bird so much. Greg Bird has actually been having a solid past couple weeks. The OPS and the OBP say that he's been having a really good past couple weeks, but the production isn't there. And especially when you see what the Yankees, what the Yankees clearly think of him, he's gone from hitting in the three hole to now hitting in the eight and nine hole. This isn't Glaber Torres hitting in the nine hole as a second leadoff guy. I really do think this is a demotion. What was he doing hitting in the three hole? Well, he was hitting in the three hole when he first came back because that's where he really should be hitting. Hmm. Greg Bird Greg Bird has the potential to be the best hitter on this team. Like I, I'm serious. When he, wow. if, if he, I'm like I'm like that is that is the that is the thought that is the thought in my head and is it is the thought in the Yankees system. Like it's not this isn't just like a hot take. This is really when we were in spring training. It's like okay, yeah, Aaron Judge isn't the best hitter on the team. Stanton's not the best hitter on the team. Sanchez, yeah, he may be the best hitter on the team, but it was Bird. You know, they were like Bird because of the lefty potential in Yankee Stadium. He had the potential to be the best, the quote unquote, the best hitter on the team. I think Torres. I like Torres a lot. Neither, neither here nor there. Out of these four names, I think the Yankees need. I think they need to go after Mustakas. I really do. I I would love. Mustakas's left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium because he's a solid, solid hitter. Mm-hmm. And playing in a pitcher's ballpark like Kansas City and the power numbers that he still has, imagine the damage that he can do in Yankee Stadium. I agree, hundred percent agree. But I, I was gonna, I was going to rank him number one and pretty easily actually on 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 my uh, wish list. I mean, obviously, I think the only problem would be can he play first base. And if that, I mean, you know, and, and really in the grand scheme of things, that's maybe not that big of a problem. I think he's been playing the last four games or so with first base. And the Yankees yes. have been there. Yankees have been there scouting them every single game. Mm-hmm. So a guy that I've been talking about also was Brad Hand, dominant last year. If you believe in the lefty lefty stuff, the Yankees do kind of need a lefty in the bullpen. And and Renato, like you said, if you if you bring in another relief pitcher, that makes the need for a starting pitcher go down because you're not as reliant on the starting pitcher. Your yeah. bullpen could be more re- more rested. You have more Swiss Army knives that you can go to. 
And this is the way, and again, the where baseball is headed conversation, do you load up on the starting pitching or do you load up on the relief pitching? The sooner you can get the starting pitching out, maybe the better. You see what Tampa Bay's doing with all these games. They're, they're playing the matchups. They're playing the the whatever. They're playing with their analytics, and depending on who's going to yeah. come in for the bullpen days, obviously the Yankees don't need to do that because they can call on anybody in their bullpen, and it doesn't matter who they are. They can get three outs. Well, you saw that firsthand with that what that Rays bullpen did to you guys down in Tampa. Absolutely, and they played the matchups. Yep, and, and plus Tampa is just an awful place to play. That's the worst ballpark in baseball. In my yeah, opinion. thank thank God they're building a new one. Yeah, we yeah. talked about we talked about that on our on our last on episode four too. How the Trop is just a horrid horrid place to play. Horrid. Which one's worse, that or the or the A's? Or the A's, I think. I think. I mean, simply just because I think the Yankees go there more, but at least the A's is like outside and it's in California. Like in Tampa, it's you're in Tampa, so you don't even have the open dome or, or open field in Florida. It's yeah. a, it's in a dome and it's in a bad part of Tampa. It's not even like that good part of the Tampa. I've been in Tampa, um, a few. I was in Tampa a few years ago, and it's like in the middle of nowhere in Tampa. Hmm. Bad location. But so one I said would be Brad Hand. Two I said Moustakas. Moose is a close one, but I, w- I would put him at two. And then third I would go a little different than Ronaldo. I'm gonna go Avaldi. And then four I'm gonna go Britain. Wow. Because yeah. Wait 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 four. Four four four, four is Britain. Three is Avaldi. Oh, okay. Eh, I still debate that. Why? I still think Bruin will give you more value than Nivaldi, though. I mean, I don't, I don't really think so. I mean, Britain post. I mean, obviously it's post injury, so you can't really fault him. And in ten innings pitched and in eleven games, you can't really fault him that much. But he really hasn't looked good. So if you want, if the Yankees see something that we're not seeing, and they can basically say, hey, you know, we can get Zach Britton kind of on the cheap right now because he isn't performing that well mm-hmm. and see if he works out. But I would honestly give up something a little bit more for more of a reliable guy in Brad Hand if we're going to go after a guy in the bullpen. I agree. And, I agree. I agree. and if we're going to trade with the team that's not even in our division, which would be nice, you know, if we don't have to give anybody that's in our division. But, I, you know, I guess at this point it doesn't really matter as long as we don't trade with the Red Sox, right? Um <laughs> I guess that doesn't matter, but I think that kind of matters. Trade with teams that are out of your division and especially out of your league. You know, if you want to invest in Zach Britton and kind of get him on the quote-unquote cheap because he hasn't been performing that well and see what happens, yeah. But this isn't a let's just see what happens team. I 100% agree. All right, so I think, like I said, we're going to save this talk. We're going to save this trade deadline talk. More names are going to come out. It's going to get exciting. It's going to get giddy. I'm giddy thinking about Mike Moustakas on the Yankees. I love Moose. Really, really do. The power is it's so there. The fielding, he's a pretty good fielder to a third base if we would ever need it. He's also a pretty popular name in baseball and a pr- very good popular name to be brought in on the Yankees. It's a good nickname, right? Moose. Baseballs are all about nicknames. It's going to be interesting, too, though. He has more of a um, mean mentality, you know what I mean? More, he, he'll fit in with Severino and Chapman in terms of bullies. He's definitely a bully. Cool. Well, 
We're not there yet. We're not even in the middle of July. We're going to have an episode on that. And I think that's how we're going to wrap up. I think that's how we're going to wrap up. So the Yankees are two games behind the Red Sox. The Yankees are winning series. The Yankees have a lot of baseball games coming up. They have a lot. No way, no days off. Bleeding Blue will be back next week with an episode. Follow me on Twitter. I didn't say this in the beginning. Damn it. <laughs> you can edit it. Follow me on Twitter at jpenick 74 Like the podcast on SoundCloud. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. The Bleeding Blue first Giants episode has been doing fantastic. It has a lot of likes. I've gotten a few follows. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Keep on liking. Keep on following. Share this with your friends. Let me know what you think on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. All of you who like the episode, you have to follow me on Twitter. Do it. All of you that follow this, all of you, all of my, all of our amazing millions of fans. I'm acting like this is... 50,000 people that listen to this, but they don't. But we appreciate you nevertheless. Enjoy Yankees baseball. Enjoy the summer. It's July. It's fun. Yankees are going to be playing some bad teams in the Orioles, and then we're going to have a game against... We're going to have a a game. We're going to have a series against the Indians. We're going to see what happens. Pray for the Red Sox to lose. Let's go. Yanks. (laughs) 